Welcome back. It's time for Customers Who Click, the e-commerce podcast for brands looking for their next growth opportunities. If you're interested in improving your conversion rates, average order values, and customer lifetime value, head over to customerswhoclick.com where you can find all our previous episodes and get in touch if you'd like to learn more. There's a buzzword that's been reverberating around the e-commerce space lately, dropshipping. But today, we're not just discussing traditional dropshipping, we're taking a closer look at its innovative transformation. Here to shine a light on this evolution is David Perry, the visionary founder of Caro. His groundbreaking platform has paved the way for brands to feature and sell products from fellow brands seamlessly right from their own websites, all without the intricacies of managing the stock. Let's not keep him waiting any longer. Hi, David. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind to just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit of your background and how you've got to where you are today? Sure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm originally from Northern Ireland. Uh, you probably can't tell as well just looking here on, on this video call, but I'm six foot eight inches tall. Wow. So everyone thinks I should be a basketball player, but, uh, but I was actually in video games and video games in Northern Ireland wasn't very big. So I ended up having to move to England and, uh, and things really started to take off there. The secret I learned in the game industry was branding matters. So if I made a game that you've never heard of, it's for, I have to somehow market that to you, to market to everyone, to get them to play it. Or I just make the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I go straight to number one in the yeah. charts and everyone wants to work with me. And so I, I learned that really early. And so through my career, I got really nice spikes every time I did like Aladdin or, or the Matrix and things like that. So very fun space. The last thing I did was I co-founded a company with two guys from Europe and we ended up building this idea of streaming games from the cloud so that uh, we believe that someday you won't always have to buy a console and buy these discs or anything like that. It would just be every game, everywhere you go instantaneously at some point in the future. So let's start going that direction. And Sony bought our company for nearly $400 million. Oh, nice. And then the, I ended up working at Sony, which was great. But that left me in a weird place. Do I start another video game company? Because I've done this over and over throughout the years. And this is when I started to look at e-commerce and, and I found the e-commerce space. Like the game industry is huge. It's hundreds of billions of dollars, but e-commerce is trillions of yeah. dollars. And so it's interesting to sort of take a look at that and see what the opportunity is. Yeah. Were. Awesome. Yeah. I remember, I don't know when it was, a few, a few, good few years ago now, probably six or seven years ago, I think I was looking for a new gaming PC. And I came across companies that were doing that. So you'd pay a monthly subscription. Can't, I don't even think it was that much, maybe 30, 30, 40 a month. And you basically got access to any game you wanted. And the whole, the big selling point for me was I didn't have to spend £1,500 on a new PC. I could have my like, okay, like good enough PC or laptop and just play the games through essentially someone else's PC. Yeah, the future of this, which hasn't even begun to happen yet, is elastic compute. That means when you're, when, imagine you needed PlayStation 12 right now because of the explosions yeah. and the destruction you're doing, then then the cloud can provide that to you. Whereas you don't want to have to pay for a PlayStation 12 right yeah. now. It would, you know, and so that idea of having sort of unlimited compute when you need it. And that, but when you're sitting reading a menu and, or maybe you press pause and you went to the restroom, then it would be able to relax those resources. So you're not tying up super high end computers when they're not needed. I think it's, there's a version of that, which I think will be really compelling because the minute you play games that you can't afford to play at home, it's going to bring us back to 
in the old days that we went to arcades yeah. to play games we couldn't afford to play at home, right? I want that experience, but I can't do that at home. And what finally killed the arcades was when, no, I can actually do that at home. <laughs> so I think that there's a weird version of that coming in the future when you experience a game from the cloud that you're just not going to buy the hardware personally anymore to do that. Yeah, well, And uh, so then you're going to have a choice. Do you play the weak version or the deluxe version? Gamers are going to want the deluxe yeah. version. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see when that happens. That's a milestone that has not occurred yet, but I do predict that's going to Yeah, happen. okay, cool. So uh, how do you get customers clicking? One of, the, one of the things that I think is, it's it's a little head-slappingly obvious, but if you ask a question that 100% of them say yes to. And so what you don't do is think of a question that only a few people are going to say yes to. An example would be when we started, the first technology we sort of experimented with was how we could help brands work with influencers. So the question we asked them was, would you like to know which influencers have been buying your products? And guess what the percentage of brands would like to know that? The answer is I, I would have thought it'd be a hundred percent. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone would say, no, I'm all right, actually. Yeah. No, I don't want to yeah. know that. It's a bit like, would you like more, would you like more awareness of your products? No, we're good. We'll yeah. Awareness. No, it's, it never happens. So my point is, there's a lot of questions out there that are actually yes answers that if you can work that out for whatever business you're in, that's a nuclear bomb. And it's just taking the time to find it. Like, would you not, another one is, Felix finance people, would you like to know what your e-commerce company's worth? What do you reckon? How many people would like to know that answer? 100%. They'd like to know currently what's their value. And and so there's, I think there's endless possibilities for companies, honestly, in the space, but that's the cheat to get really fast adoption of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to just tell us a bit about Caro? Yeah. So Caro came about with this idea that brands today are building what I think of e-commerce as being little islands. So imagine you start your own brand, you're actually building a little island and uh, you're using a platform like Shopify or, or Adobe Commerce, Big Commerce, World Commerce, one of these platforms that give you the toolkit to build islands. And then you have to convince the internet to come visit your island. And if they visit, this is great, but it's actually possible to have a really nice product, really nice website and zero traffic. Like you can literally just die on your island. And, and the problem is you also need to bring them back. So they have to come back to your island in the future. And if you don't do that, you can, of course, put your products on somewhere else like like Amazon. But Amazon wants to own the customer. Yeah. And, uh, and there you have to pay for attention anyway. So it's the same kind of thing. You can build an island in Amazon where they keep all the customers. Or you can build an island outside of Amazon and then you own the customers. But you've got the problem of driving. You, you've got it. Yeah, you've got to find them in the first place. Yeah. So we just looked at retail and said, well, how does it work at retail? Let's say I make a protein bar and I get it into Whole Foods. This is great because I'm getting to, you know, it's the perfect traffic to be looking at my protein bar. If I got it into lots of other places with huge traffic, Walmart, Costco, Target, these kind of large stores here, I mean, our whole team would be so thrilled because now we've got major awareness of our product. Yeah. And that that's just how it works in retail. So what about online? Is there anybody out there that's taking your products and pushing them into as many different stores as possible? and creating those partnerships between those stores and you. So to be clear, we don't just take your product and put it in other people's stores. We say, would you like to work with these people? We'd like to work with yeah. these people. You choose who you want to work with. But if you make a bicycle helmet and we can get it into bike stores and skateboard stores and all these places where helmets are needed, 
how many of those would you like? And there you go. There's your question, right? You know, how many, how much awareness would you like? And the answer is as many as you can get. But there is one parameter on that is they have to, of course, choose. So it's a little bit like dating. Whereas if you think about it that way, so, so just to be clear, thought number one was, can we help you get your products into a lot more stores that you want to partner with? And the second thought was, well, if you're doing that, is there anything that's missing in your store? Like, are you, have you got your merchandising perfect or are you missing something? If you go to chat TPT and you type in, what are all the products I need to sell in an online bike store to generate the maximum possible revenue? It will just give you a list of everything that a really good bike store should have. And guess what? You'll find 100% of brands are missing some of those products. And the answer is always because they didn't, they don't make the thing. So they'll say, you know, I make bicycles, but I don't make helmets. So that's why we don't sell helmets. But you have to sell helmets because then they're going to go buy helmets from Amazon instead. And getting the sale in your cart is everything. Like getting you actually increasing your average order value is what makes marketing possible. So you need to, everything your customer is willing to spend to complete this purchase, you should be accepting. And so therefore, that's what makes you think, well, who else could I work with? And then you choose your favorite brands and partner with them. So Caro simply makes this as easy as we can. We've got it down to one click okay. to add a product from our catalog directly into your inventory. And it's up to you where you place it on your site, but we can't really make it much easier than yeah. that. And the, the number one question we've had is, can you get more products? And we're about to announce very soon an enormous, an enormous amount of products okay. that, that will be available. So that's been our number one question is we have about 500,000 products and we need to get into the, into the millions. So that's, uh, that's coming and it's very exciting to watch this as it goes along. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, there are businesses out there that specialize in a particular thing and then kind of either they just decide they're not going to sell the complementary products or they don't think about it. You know, they don't realize the opportunities there. I worked with a custom PC builder a couple of years ago and they sold, you, you could buy a few accessories from them, but there wasn't a huge selection. You know, it was kind of, do you want this chair or that chair? You didn't really get much information because they obviously didn't want to, they didn't want to fill their warehouses full of this stock when they were making their money off the PCs. So the ability to say, well, okay, now you've built your PC. Do you want this? We can give you the very best products in all these categories. We know they're the best, but we don't have to stock them. That's a key point right there. Looking at, again, I'm from video games, so to, you know, what the heck am I looking at e-commerce for? And the answer is because it just seems like there's opportunity. That's why we're doing this. And when you look at where does the money go? A lot of it's wasted because they buy a pallet of something. They buy helmets in the wrong colors and the wrong sizes. And now they have to have a clearance yeah. sale or they have to send it back and have restocking freeze. They have to freight it in. They have to warehouse it. All of this is just burn of the potential revenue that they could make. And the concept is here is that the product doesn't move until it's sold. So in our case, when the bike store sells the helmet, we're actually taking that helmet order. They immediately keep their retailer cut. So they've been paid their retailer cut, but the wholesale cost goes directly to the helmet company and they ship it out, which basically means the helmet only moves after it's sold. Yeah. And that is huge because it, it basically saves so much margin for both of them that, that, that isn't just wasted. And secondly, what's cool about it is instead of some individual trying to guess what are the right colors and sizes, 
the entire inventory of the helmet company becomes your inventory. So you have access to all the colors and all the sizes. If they bring out a new helmet next week, you've got yeah. it too. And so the ability to sort of keep this um, very rich and vibrant and alive store actually matters. I think you'll, a lot of people build their e-commerce store and it's beautiful and they've got four products and you come back six months later and they still just got four products. It's the same store. They haven't changed a thing. It's Valentine's Day. They did nothing. It's exactly the same store and because they don't have any other products. Yes. And so if you do this, you can go find cool red products that fit your category and put them in your store for 24 hours sell them for Valentine's Day and take them out. And it costs you nothing. There's no warehouse space. There's no cost to doing that. And then one other thought, just to throw it out there, because we talk about influencers. If you're an influencer, this is ideal for you because you're getting to own customers and, and yet you're still not having to actually touch product. Yeah. And yet you're getting the retailer cut. So today, a lot of influencers, well, for many years, have been sending their clicks to platforms like Amazon. They get around 3 to 5% and Amazon keeps all the customers. In this scenario, they're getting around 30, 33%, which is, you know, in certain cases is 10 times and they are keeping the customers. So I think it's very important as an influencer to start to realize that followers are great, but customers are the most valuable thing. And you'll notice that the biggest influencers in the world are all focusing now on, on growing customers and owning customers and building their brands. And so I, I think. I would argue 99% of influencers haven't worked this out yet, that owning their customers is the key thing. Like, uh, If you have a million followers, that's wonderful. But if no one ever buys anything with your advice, that's then are you really an influencer? Well, I, th- I think so, most are selling, they're, they're selling sponsor posts and, and ambassador yeah. stuff and that, or they're selling a subscription to their content. And that's it. Exactly. And But if, if you can sell things, like imagine you can sell e-bikes, and you have a database of 100,000 people that buy e-bikes or things related to bikes because you're a Jedi at selling that stuff, That's you want to own that store. That's really the point, is you should own your own brand, own your own store, and sort of build that over time. It also is very interesting because it backs up your, these would be some of your most important customers, the ones that will actually spend money relating to you. Like they can come to your website and subscribe to anything that you sell. But what happens if that platform goes away? Like when MySpace was really huge, I remember sitting in their offices and they were so cocky because they were just killing it. (laughs) They were just killing it. And now they're gone. And if you were big on MySpace, you know, all that audience is gone. So again, that's why backing up is a really good thing. Yeah. So I know this probably isn't the intended purpose of the platform, but could you set up a white label relationship through it? So... Yeah, the- yeah. So yeah, essentially, I can sell literally my products, my branded products, but every time they get sold, it just gets pinged off to the actual supplier who just whacks the correct label on it and sends it out. Yeah, we already have people doing okay. this. So what happens is we'll find a company. Marstall Sports does this on our platform. They don't want crappy products drop shipped from China. They want to work with real brands. And so they find a real brand like that makes something that they really like, and then they slap the, the Barstool's logo on the product, but it means it's a quality yeah. product. So you're getting the you're getting the logo plus a quality product shipped, and that's what they want. The, so yeah, that kind of I, I want to be clear. This is a partnership platform, so we are not like an agency where we're trying to keep everyone apart, and you have to talk through us. If they want to meet and discuss and come up with a master plan and 
co-market together, that would be fantastic, but we want that to occur. So we're, we're more of an introduction in a way and a technology to make it possible. Yeah. We're not trying to be some kind of agency or something. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. So uh, the way I said this, there's, there's kind of three parties involved in this. You've got the brand who is selling another brand's products. You've got the brand whose products is being sold, and then you've got the customer. So what do these experiences look like? So if we start with the company who is selling a product, I guess this is the easier one that we've already talked about a little bit, but what's the benefit to you outside of expanding product range? Because we've covered that. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a brand at the end of the day, they want every single brand on planet Earth wakes up with the same two problems is one is I want more sales. You'll never meet one that's like, please, no more sales. The second is I'd like more attention. And by by looking in this catalog of products and you curating and choosing the things that you think would add to your store or for seasonal events, you know, it's going to be Halloween or it's Valentine's Day. You can come in and grab the products and add those into your store absolutely effortlessly. And so that idea of uh, in, in a very easy way, being able to try things like I've actually, by the way, seen a bicycle company add helmets using Caro and end up realizing they need to make helmets. Yeah. So they make bicycles, they don't make helmets. Now they make helmets. So that's okay. You'll have a makeup company that doesn't sell brushes. They can try it. You think brushes are going to sell? Let's try it. Oh, oh my God. Brushes sell. Yeah. Um, uh, we're so going to start making brushes or we're going to partner. With you can them. use this for just for no. research then. So literally. Yeah expectation is we're going to put these products on for three months let's see how they sell for these three months and if it's all good we'll then start manufacturing our own or yeah yeah make your own and then try to push your own out to the network maybe you make the best makeup brushes and now everybody wants to sell your brushes that would be a wonderful example yeah i really like that idea especially when you know your example earlier about like colors and sizes you know you don't want to make that mistake early because then you've got a load of stock that you can't shift so test it out, find which products sell. Because like you say, you could put every helmet, every bike helmet on your website in every color and every size, three months, see which ones are the ones that are selling and produce your own ones of those. And then I suppose also you could then keep, you could keep the rest on there as the kind of drop shipping product, but have your main ones as the ones you own as well. Exactly. And, and I mean, in a way, this is sort of dropshipping reimagined. We think of it as virtual inventory. Okay. And uh, what's really occurring is, I mean, today we're used to getting multiple boxes on our doorstep. Even Amazon has fulfill. You can do your own fulfillment if you choose to. And so we're used to just getting different boxes arriving. Try ordering off, you know, Etsy or something like that or eBay. So we're just used to it. And this idea that the helmet just shows up is kind of the way the world works. And on the website, we automatically inject fulfilled by our friends at the name of the brand, just so that you know that, that this is going to come from the other brand. Yeah. And if they want, they can change that messaging. Everything's editable. So if they want to write it in a different way, they can. But overall, our goal was just to try to make it as easy as possible to take all the metadata, all the sizes and colors and pricing information and photography and text and just put it in one click, get all of that across into your store. And then you can adjust it and put it into your own voice and uh, make it fit within the store that you run. But that's basically the experience for the customer is they're shopping, they're seeing a bike, let's have that helmet, let's have that. And they both arrive in in two different boxes. That's basically the experience. And uh, and we haven't really seen any issue with that. And uh, and then if there's a return, our software actually uh, can unwind everything just as easily. So when the helmet, the return label will go back to the helmet company. 
when it goes back to the helmet company, the software just unwinds the whole transaction yeah. up the chain. And so, and the brands work out how they want to support it. So we, the majority of brands actually like the supplier doing the support because they know their product intimately, but larger, we're finding larger companies want to handle the frontline support. So they, when they add a product, they learn about the product. So their support team says, we're going to start selling this helmet. They get a one sheet on the helmet. They learn the specs and parameters of it. And, and then they support it themselves. Again, we're just a platform for partnerships. Yes. So they can choose exactly the balance and how they wanted to go about that on a day-to-day basis. No, but uh, so the larger brands tend to want to be more hands-on and more controlling. I get that because I suppose you, you could be concerned that if a company starts being difficult with some returns or you know if, if they're sending out lower yeah. quality products than was promised and I yeah I don't know exactly what the experience is that, like but that would but I I, I, so I imagine that the, if, if I'm selling the product for someone else the complaint is going to come to me first isn't it yes so if you if you think about this from a network perspective, so the concept of, of Caro is to build a large network of brands. We have over twenty two thousand brands installed okay. at this point, and when you think about all those brands, being part of the network is very cool, and having your store with you know with extra items in it is very cool. If you are a bad actor, like you don't you might just don't ship at all, or you give a terrible experience, we're going to boot you out of the network, and that's going to sever all your relationships and stop you being able to transact as this network grows. Yeah. And so that would be like you're in Airbnb, but you don't do a great job and you get kicked out of Airbnb for good. That's not a good, that's a terrible thing. And so the more valuable the network becomes, the more people are going to feel pressure to be, to give their best service to the partnerships here because the hammer of getting kicked out of the whole damn thing permanently is pretty big. So that's something that uh, that we see is people are, as the network grows, people become more and more, you know, obviously wanting to give the best experience. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, from a customer experience point of view, yeah, you, you know, it's coming from that other brand. And like you said, most likely what happens is you get another box the next day, maybe, or maybe just at a different time that day, realistically just going to rip the box open take the product out and cool you're good you've got the product yeah that's the way it works yeah we've sold millions and millions of dollars of products this way and had no problem so it's not we're not there's no like panic we need to change something this just works do you have you got any examples of like more i guess like richer experiences like like partnerships that that brands have been working on through the platform so where they've really gone hard on the we are gonna we're gonna do this properly together this one that I thought was really interesting was uh, there's a company called Blendjet who do a portable oh, yeah. blender and they, uh, they're an electronics company. So Blendjet is interesting because they have Blendjet 2 and that means that in the future they're going to have to do Blendjet 3 and have you, you know, keep upgrading. And that would be normal for an electronics company yep. to do. But when you say to them, well, why don't you sell everything that goes in the blender? They're like, well, that would require refrigerated warehousing and perishable goods and you know frozen items. We don't want to deal with any of that. That's not who we are. We're an electronics company. So they, they use Caro. And what was kind of fascinating was they said to us, but we know everybody we want to work with. Like we're friends with Oatly and you know these other companies. So they actually got all those companies to install Caro. Okay. So that's an interesting point. If someone's not in the network, it doesn't matter. You just tell them to join the network to work with you. So 
by installing, they sort of pop up as available and then you can partner with them in our platform. So they brought with them all the different companies that they wanted to partner with. And then they had a bit of an epiphany. Why don't we sell subscriptions to these things? And, and that's when it became fascinating because they sell the subscription. The product keeps shipping every month and it's getting shipped from the supplier, but they still have that, that mechanic of them actually participating in the sale. So that means Blendjet gets paid every time there's a shipment of supplies heading out. They're actually still getting their subscription, you know, the retailer yeah. percentage of the subscription, which means they just have money coming in month after month after month. And this is, this has obviously helped their business. And I just love, I love that example because, you know, just by thinking a little different and selling subscriptions versus doing it, you know, the normal way again, I think this is a bit wild west. There's a lot of potential new ideas and things that people can experiment. Yeah. I mean, that's just like printing money, isn't it? Like once they've acquired the customer on the blend jet, then they're like, well, how do we get more money out of this person? Let's sell them a subscription for someone else's product that we don't even have to touch. Uh, they don't have to do any work at all. The money just comes in month after month. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What else is there? So we've talked about the three sides, really. But is there anything else you wanted to add? Overall, I just think this is an important time that, again, if you want to really build your brand, you don't want to leave money on the table. And so I really like the idea of, of collaborative commerce, people actually working together instead yeah. of this paradigm of you feeling like you're alone, you're on your island and you're like, please come and visit, please come back. Or if you're not great at buying Google clicks, then maybe that's not the best use of your funds. You'd be better to partner with other people. And so we're just really enjoying watching this whole thing grow. What's actually occurred, just so you can understand that what happens when you build something like this, is you get the obvious brands coming in and then other brands start coming in. Like the Univision Television Network said, we need to put stuff on television. Can you help us? And so the idea that we you can join Caro and get your products on television, yeah, no cost, pretty pretty great. And the NBC Universal did the same thing. Netflix uses our platform now. There's lots of different entities that have come because there's this sort of inventory layer that we've created and the ability to partner in interesting ways. Yeah. And so we're watching that behavior. You know, and the influencers too. Paris Hilton uses Caro. Ellen DeGeneres uses Caro. So they're able to just curate what they want. And again, they don't have to deal with all of those support issues. So it's kind of, we're watching, we're sort of, we're the tip of the spear of this and we're just building it as people are needing things. But this idea of sort of owning that inventory layer is the core concept. And uh, we're really sort of enjoying watching as more brands come in. Some of the brands coming in now are incredible, like just the biggest brands in the world. And as we bring them in, the network will become even more attractive to yeah. to, to the bigger brands and to influencers that are really absolutely. So. I quite and I just popped into my head. So I've done a lot with post purchase upsells with some brands. Yeah. So yeah, basically people complete the purchase and then there's a, an offer on the page saying, "Oh, limited time offer. Like right right now, we're not going to give you this offer again. Do you want to add this to your order?" one click it's done i think it could be quite an interesting idea actually to just really talk about that brand that you're promoting and say so if i've bought let's go back to the bikes again i suppose maybe that's not such a great example for this particular example but i'll use it so i've bought a bike i've gone through checkout completed it on that next page it could be a promotion for that other brand saying 
by the way, our friends at bikehelmet.com have just launched this limited edition or have given us a limited edition helmet. It's this price. You can only buy it now. So just really like owning the fact that it is, it's sold by this other company, but they can place the order now to get hold of someone else's limited edition helmet. And at no cost to you, no risk to you. doesn't cost you anything to do that. You could code that up or use another platform to do that at zero cost and risk for doing that. That's the point. You're just working with partners you like. In Blendjet's case, they would call them up and say, do you want to do this? Let's do it. There is one other thing that we did, which we experimented with, which is post-purchase related, which was really interesting. I I, want to be clear. We're building the core so that anything becomes possible, but we have tested lots of really interesting different pieces. And we said, what is post-purchase upsell? And if you think about it today, if I was to buy an electric toothbrush, the way brands tend to work is they have some kind of recommendation system that looks in their inventory and says, what else have we got in here that I can upsell? What else? Mm, you know, let's try this electric shaver and it'll put the electric shaver up. Hey, do you want to buy that? And that's what we did was we said, well, what if it's network-based? What if what if we have, we know what sells in the whole network. So what is the actual best possible thing that you can sell from a whole network, 500,000 products? What, what will convert with that toothbrush? And the answer is Kendall Jenner's toothpaste moon, from Moon Oral okay. Care. That's the best. And she's part of the network. And so we'll put Kendall Jenner's toothpaste with that electric toothbrush and it'll get an ad to cart really quick. And so that's something that no brand can know, right? They can't, they don't have the ability to see what's really popular. They just have their own view and their own sales. And so the ability to help them like that, I think it is really cool. And that was something that we, uh, we experimented with. So that's a feature at some point when we get the bandwidth, we'll put some attention. But we, we did lots of experimental projects like that to work out what the opportunities. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. So not only do you provide that massive network of inventory, but the ability to say, do you know what? You don't need to add a hundred products in this category to your website to work out what what sells, we can give you the top 10. And then I- we can, uh, and that's the future I think is us using the data to, to help you do things that seem impossible. Yeah. Like you, we can, at that point we could guarantee what your growth will be, et cetera. And I suppose that means the brands who own the products can benefit from this data as well, right? If I'm, if I launch a new product or if I'm just a small brand, I get my products out into the network and then maybe three to six months later, speak to you guys and you guys say, do you know what? These, this and this product just never sell on the network. No one takes them. I look at my numbers and I say, do you know what? There are worse sellers as well. Let's ditch them. Let's do a, let's do a clearance sale and get rid of them. And and guess what? We can get rid of them on television because that's what they're looking yeah. for. <laughs> so television wants high margin. So they want... They, they want impulse buy products. So if you have a lot of inventory you want to get rid of, please contact us because television is just hunting for that. They want high quality things at a price that makes people just pull out their credit cards because yeah. they they're not watching this for a long time. This is like a five-minute segment. But during that five-minute segment, they want to have millions of dollars of sales. And the way to do that is to have an unbelievably good offer. And so, yeah, we do that yeah. too. And, uh, and, you know, more than happy to help someone who's sitting in a big warehouse full of stuff to help them yeah. move it. Awesome. Cool. Just before we finish then, is there anyone in the e-commerce world you'd want to sit down for lunch with? 
Yeah, there's a guy, he's not necessarily e-commerce, but uh, there's a guy I really like. His name's Cialdini. Have you come across him? He did the book Influence, Robert Cialdini. Oh, yeah. Persuasion. Yes. Okay. I like psychology instead of thinking about what the user is thinking about, which is partly why. And I have all kinds of different sort of things I do to try to think about that. And he, uh, he just started an institute, which I just joined. So I'm very interested okay. in seeing you know, a deep dive. What I love is when someone goes out in the world and does something for like 30 years and they're willing to download it into you. It's a bit like in the matrix when Neo needs to fly the bell helicopter and he doesn't have any time. He, it, they just download yeah. the information into him right there. And it's like, okay, now I can fly a helicopter. That is what these people offer. And so I'm always on the hunt for these people that have an enormous amount of information that they've collected. And then they filter it down to the most important stuff and download that into you in the shortest amount of time. And so th those are the kind of people that I absolutely love that have spent so much time researching and thinking, but you don't have to go through that 30 years. They'll just give you the nuts yeah. and it sort of changes your perspective yeah. on how things go. So I would say someone like That's that. That's pretty cool. Finally, have you got one marketing tool? Yeah. a market Have you got a tool that you'd recommend outside of Caro, obviously? <laughs> Tools-wise, they tend to come and go. What I love is the stuff that when you hear somebody doing something a little different. And I was at a marketing conference recently and a guy gave a speech that caused me to go, I didn't think of that. And so he said, Facebook groups are very important, but if you join a Facebook group, who are you? Like, why are they going to listen to you? I mean, you're like a blip in this huge group of people all talking about. So he, the guy did it. I thought it was wonderful. He said, look, I know nothing about scuba diving, but I'm going to infiltrate the scuba diving Facebook group that I want to become somebody important within that. And so what he did was he just read what everyone talks about. And and they were talking obviously about the, the thing they want to all do the most was to go on diving vacations. So he looked at all the locations and then the number one location was in Mexico. And then he was like, well, what do they want to do? The number one thing they want to do is shark diving. So to be clear, he's just researching the group. Yeah. And then he called out uh, on Zoom, a shark diving outfit in Mexico and had them explain how it all works, how much it costs, what you have to do. And then he posts that video into that group. And that group just goes, wow, this is incredible information. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you just, one Zoom call. So, so to be really clear, some research and one Zoom call, and suddenly the content you're adding is ideal for the group. And, uh, and people are going to start following you, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's the, I love the, the sort of marketing call it a marketing hack but it's interesting yeah. and when you get into some of the cool the smaller niche conferences where they really share information and really explain how they're doing what they're doing it's pretty fantastic yeah. so instead of a tool i would say probably more that kind of stuff which is a little bit more boots on the ground you got to go and sit in the back of the room and listen but but i love that it stuff. pays off doesn't it might seem a bit of a, a bit of a slog maybe a bit boring to some people but it pays off does because you have these aha moments and as long as you're having aha moments, then it's all yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. If anyone wants to find out more, what's the best way of, of getting in touch or finding out more information? The best way to go would be to go to our website, getcaro.com. So G-E-T-C-A-R-O.com and send us an email to hello at getcaro.com and tell them about this podcast and they will take really good care of you. So definitely make sure to, to let them know on your arrival. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, David. No problem. Thank you so much.
From today's conversation, it's clear that the e-commerce landscape is continuously evolving and innovative solutions like Caro are at the forefront of that transformation. The key takeaway, in the realm of dropshipping, it's not about mere transactions, but building symbiotic relationships between brands while offering cost customers a diverse and dynamic shopping experience. The ability to provide a wider range of products is not only beneficial from a pure AOV point of view, but also for market research. To delve further into David's insights or explore Cara's offerings, be sure to connect with him on LinkedIn. For feedback, any burning questions, or if there's a specific guest you'd love to hear from, drop me a line at will at customerswhoclick.com or catch me on LinkedIn. Stay tuned for the next episode featuring Dennis Mistriotti, the founder of Batch. We'll be talking about his journey building a CBD brand. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Thank you.